Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Morning Moments with Maya. Conversations of love and laughter. The show where each week your host, social worker and certified humor professional, Maya Aziz, invites someone who is out there pushing the positive to join her for a heartfelt and often hilarious coffee conversation about love, laughter, leadership, and, well, life. Love and laughter might not cure what ails you, but they sure go a long way to getting you through those tough life moments. So sit back. Pour yourself a cup and get ready to laugh and learn today on Morning Moments. Look for the good. It is all around. Good morning. This is Maya coming to you live from Montreal this November 13th. 2016. Look for the good. It is all around. Even when, like this week, it is maybe a little bit harder to see, it is there. Make no mistake. I don't even really know, I have to say, how to put into words the kind of week it's been. It's been a while since I have been so full of emotions and yet so empty of words to express them. Listeners, mark this day in the calendar. Maya is at a loss for words. It doesn't happen often. Now, let me be clear, though. This is obviously not a political show, never has been, never will be. But it is a show about love, kindness, and the connection that we all share as humans. And in that vein, when I woke up uh, Wednesday morning to the results of the U.S. election and I digested its significance and then began to hear stories of anger and fear and mistreatment and lashing out and people hurting other people, my heart was heavy, heavy with worry for friends, family, strangers, heavy with sadness and just general discouragement about the trajectory of humankind, just heavy. Now, as you know, a few years ago, I gave up listening to the news. I gave up my subscription to the newspaper. I stopped watching the news in the evening. But this week, I picked it up again a little bit. I did listen to news radio on my commute to work, something I haven't done for a very long time, but sort of felt that I had an obligation to kind of know the facts and what was happening in the world. And, of course, it has had me uh, somewhat emotional behind the wheel, which is probably not a great idea, I realize, And Wednesday morning, as I was sort of listening to things and, uh, you know, kind of getting choked up behind the wheel and feeling all kinds of emotions, I stopped at a light not far from work. And I turned to the side and I saw this mother with her very young toddler in her arms. She had all of these bags. I think she was taking him to daycare. Uh, She was sort of balancing him really precariously under one arm, like a, a sort of a sack of potatoes. And I got kind of stressed, as I tend to be when I see things like that. He did not seem secure at all, and I was convinced that the slightest little trip, and she was going to drop this kid or bang his head on a pole or something. I mean, he was just hanging out there. And then I passed them 
And I saw the look in his face. And this kid was completely content. He felt secure and completely trusted that everything was going to be fine. That memory is so vague for me, that innate faith that you have when you're a kid, that everything's going to be fine and you're going to be okay. Somehow, somewhere between your times tables and puberty, it seems to fade into the shadows of paranoia and anxiety, fear and different shades of cynicism of adulthood. And when you need it most as an adult, when the unexpected hits you like a ton of bricks, you lose your job maybe, or a marriage crumbles, or the health of a loved one fails, or perhaps political actions in the world threaten your values. It's at those moments in that sea of the scary unknown, faith that everything will be okay can be so elusive. And so this morning, having poured myself a second cup of coffee, I have invited a very wise friend to help lift our collective heavy hearts and share a conversation with me about this elusive concept that is faith. Born in Hawaii and a current resident of Seacliff, New York, Joan Akola is a living example of what can happen when creativity meets empathy. Joan holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts with a major interior design from the New York Institute of Technology and an associate degree in exhibition design from the Fashion Institute of Technology. She has recently been certified as a laughter leader through Steve Wilson's World Laughter Tour and currently teaches design at the New York Institute of Technology where she received her education. After 20 years of experience in brand identity both inside a house and inside the body, Joan founded Growing Into Health, a creative business and brand marketing organization that helps clients build healthy and meaningful connections between themselves and their environment. Most recently, Joan is the co-founder and creative director for Healing Headbands Project, a nonprofit organization that inspires others to develop a healing mindset by integrating laughter with art. And all of these successes are surely in part possible because of her uncanny ability to have faith that they could be. And so I'm so happy to have her here this morning with me to share a conversation about what this notion of faith even means. Joan, welcome to the show. Hi, Maya. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. It's beautiful out. It is. Oh, good. And it's actually beautiful here as well. It is a really sunny, crisp fall morning. For those of you who don't live in Four Seasons locations, it's one of the most beautiful times of the year. So I'm glad you yes, have a sunny day as well. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so that was me y'all that was you so I feel like we need to start this conversation by defining our terms a little bit and explaining what we're even talking about when we talk about faith I'm curious I mean how would you define that what is faith to you Mm, it's it's such a loaded question and 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 comes from so many different perspectives um I have one perspective. Others may have an, you know, you may have one 
and everyone else is going to have a different perspective based on how they, I guess, they were raised. Um, faith, to me, I guess, is um, is like it's a concept, I guess, until experienced uh, and achieved. Um, so you really have this place where you have your eyes closed and you just kind of know that something is going to happen, but you don't know really what it is. Uh, and you're, you don't expect anything to happen, but it's going to happen. <laughs> like every day you wake up, you're not quite sure what's going to happen next, but you have an idea. There's a goal in front of you. But faith is knowing that that's ultimately going to happen, and, or at least your, your idea of what's going to happen will happen, but you don't know how you're going to get there. So it's the unknowing. Faith is like an unknowing. And um, I guess there's a, this other intertwined word there that's called trust. So we have trust in the knowing, trust in, trusting that it's going to be okay, like you said. And that's, that's not easy for a lot of people because too many, too many outside forces telling us differently. Like the television. The media, everything, like you were saying, it's like amazing. I, I unplugged myself 11 years ago completely. And I think that's when it all started to change and shift for me. Faith is something that is it's personal. It's also something we find inside of us. Uh, I think that faith is an invisible thread. And it's, we're invisible inside of us. And we, if we're seeking outside for it, we're never going to find it. So it's something we don't see. That's, that, that's really interesting that you, that you say if we're seeking it outside of ourselves, we're never going to find it. Because I, I think mm-hmm. there's also a notion, and, and thank you for saying that faith, people's definition of faith is very individual. And I think that that's very, mm-hmm. very true. And for a lot of people, it's kind of um, related to people, you know, you talk about faith and people think automatically you're talking about religion or religious mm-hmm. belief. But for you, like, what's the difference then between faith and religious belief? We're not talking about religion, right? No, no. Um, religion, I think, I believe, you know, religion is man-made, I believe, and it requires rules. Um, and rules that say you have this, you, you, you do things this way, and, and we do things that way. And every religion holds a different set of rules and belief systems that are set. They're created. Beliefs are man-made in the mind. They're all there for us to throw out there and, and have like something invisible to hold on to. It's an invisible, another invisible thing that is, but it's man, it's made up. It's, and not all beliefs are created equal. Beliefs come and go, but real faith will always be consistent. It's not as wishy-washy. So, um, you know, usually when we make these belief systems up in our minds, it's like a product of a victim mind. For example, when, I guess, uh, when patterns occur that we prevent us from moving forward, if we see things over, happening over and over again in our lives, it's like you're you're set up with this idea that it's always going to be this way because I believe that this is the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's going to be hard, it's going to be hard. It'll always be hard. 
until you think differently, until your beliefs shift. So when we have those, you mentioned this little baby earlier, like holding, mother holding the, their infant, and it looked like it, his face was relaxed and it felt secure and it trusts. That's a, that's a baby. That's, we lose that, like you said, when we get older because these, we start to see things in our world as outside of ourselves and we start to attach these belief systems to it. Like if, if, uh, if, I, if I work hard, I'll, I'll make money. I'll make a lot of money. If, or I, I'm never going to get anywhere because I, I can't do this or I wish I could do that. It's, so, it's either positive or negative in nature. And we make up these stories about the world around us, and, and, and we change them as they come and go. But faith will never change. Faith is consistent. And faith is a statement of our being, and it's an expression of spirit versus something outside of ourselves that's somewhat in control. And it's all I, I, said, I think. I love how you define that, that beliefs sort of come and go because you're believing in something specific and sometimes that will change or waver, whereas faith is consistent because it really mm-hmm. is connected to being comfortable and accepting and maybe even appreciating the unknown. Um, oh, yeah. Which is, which is so hard. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's, it's like adult. everything. That it, that is so scary, and it makes us feel so insecure. And you know, before we went on the air, you and I were talking about even this experience of this radio show. That every Sunday morning, I don't really know how it's gonna go. Um, <laughs> and somewhere, I have to have a little bit of faith that whatever happens, it will be good and okay. And um, there's well, a you know. There's always this this challenge of being comfortable with the unknown, I think, every day of our lives. Yeah, and there's that trust word. That's like the first cousin of faith. (laughs) They always walk (laughs) hand in hand. But, you know, trust is the knowing that everything is happening just as it should and without question or doubt. And, And I guess once you've experienced something over a period of time, over and over and over again, you will, you get the sense that the outcome will be the same. And therefore, you trust the outcome, and that's part of having faith is that knowing is the unknowing, but the trust part comes in. So trust is attached to the the understanding that everything will be okay through experience. Mm -hmm. And faith is, it's like if if it was a family at the top, it would be, um, you know, like you have your grandfather, your grandmother, and your grandfather, they had your father, and your father had siblings, (laughs) Everything is like the family tree of of faith, and it includes trust. So together they they are at the top, and everything else trickles down. Um, and it's the experiences that we have, these little invisible uh, strings that connect us all. And um, I was thinking about that. I was like looking at like well, how am I going to define uh, trust? I mean faith and. I was thinking, how in a world like today, the way it is with this, when you we're talking about the election and how do we move on from it, and you know, a lot, half the world was disappointed, half the world is elated, and you know, if we all looked at faith as like this, as an invisible uh, needle and thread, where we are sort of putting it through ourselves, each spirit is connected. Uh, every human being on the planet will be connected to the same faith. And what is that? What is that? 
but we don't we don't see it. See, that's the thing. Some, half the world needs to see it, and half the world doesn't need to see it. <laughs> so it's always going to have this dichotomy that's like positive and negative forces. So it's like good versus evil, love versus fear. It's always combating. I don't think it's ever going to change. We need it, and this is what the world brings to us. I don't know. What do you think? Maya, come on. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that there was something that you said that really struck me, and that was that, um, that faith is really inside of you, and that as long as you're looking for it outside of you, you're never mm-hmm. going to yeah. find it. And I, and I think you kind of really hit the nail on the head with that because I think part of our challenge in feeling comfortable with the unknown is that we tie our ability to be okay with things outside of ourselves. So, you know, if our job falls apart or our relationship falls apart, then all of a sudden um, we feel so connected to that. And faith is really the idea, I think, if I understand what you're saying, that that you are going to be okay that because you are not your job. You are not your relationship. You are not the political system that you live in. You are what is inside of you. And that is perhaps what we need to accept is going to accept, understand and truly believe is going to be okay no matter mm-hmm. what. Yeah. And I think that's what happened around 11 years ago. I, I had a turn in my life where a shift uh, where I needed to remove myself from a really negative situation. Uh, it was, and I had to bring my family, my children with me, and we, we literally, I took myself and I, and I moved, and, I, and I, I remember distinctly someone telling me, if mommy's okay, baby's okay. And I said, <laughs> yeah, that's it. If I'm okay, they're okay. I, I didn't want to be that stereotype person as like, oh, you're going to have such a hard time because you decided to make this decision for your family and it's going to be so, look at all these other people and how hard it is for them. Well, I didn't want that for myself. I didn't want it to be difficult. I made a very strong decision I, for, for myself because I knew if, because I knew if I wasn't okay, baby were, were not going to be okay. And that's the, that's the power of the the belief and or the belief in self because there are negative and positive beliefs not always negative um a lot of good things come from belief um so you don't i don't want to distinguish them as all bad um mm-hmm. but you know if i didn't decide for myself at that moment that everything was going to be fine and how I, how I, and what did it for me was i just didn't stop i kept going uh once you stop you can you lose it all. Like you can lose space. When people say, "Oh, I lost space," well, they stop. They stop doing something to act in a, towards this a specific goal or something that drives them forward. Some internal force is driving you forward to do the things that you need to get done to, for yourself, for your family, for your environment, for your community. And it, and if it's good, it feels right. Um, and usually if it's bad, there's consequences. So that's how I feel about that. <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. And I think, it's, um, I think it's true of many people that they really sort of understand and embrace this notion of faith 
following some sort of a crisis that has perhaps mm-hmm. forced them to. Why do you think that? And it, first of all, is that true? Like, is it often um, a crisis that uh, is the moment that people get in touch with the notion of faith? And if so, why? Like, what is it about a crisis that um, that makes us need to shift our beliefs? Ooh, um I believe in I believe crisis is, is important for change. Hmm. Um, you, you don't have a shift in the way we you know we think. It's all and also perspective. If you know, there's this this understanding that uh, that contentment, right? If we're all content and we're all happy, there's there's got to be a crisis in there that. Like it can't go on. It's like why can't this go on forever? How come we can't always be happy and content? You know why does this person get sick? And how come I have to lose my house? Or how come my my um, my father or my mother has passed away and they didn't? They weren't sick. It was, how come a plane crashed and killed a thousand people? Why? Who? You know. And it's always like outside of ourselves. Why we're we blaming somebody? It's this person. It's that. We have. Why did? Why would somebody let us down? You know, it's like, but it really what it's doing is it's shifting our consciousness. It's shifting the way we think, the way we look at the world. If these crises didn't happen, we would just keep going. And, and it, it would think everything was just, you know, hunky-dory, you know, and, and maybe hunky-dory is a good place to be. I mean, I'd like to move there. Is there a place <laughs> called hunky-dory? <laughs> I'm, I haven't found it on the map yet. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I think we should just find a place and call it that because, like, hunky dory lane. Um, but it's just that I think it's it, it must happen in order to shift consciousness and the way we think about things. If we didn't, then you know all these the new. First of all, the news wouldn't be the news, right? Um, and people wouldn't get all up in arms about things. Um, we wouldn't we wouldn't change the way you know the world is, and it's actually what's happening. I think is crisis changes belief. It shifts the belief system, um, and if you removed all belief systems, you'd have a lot more faith, but you'd also have like a world that's really for you know connected um, with no with no attachment. So you let go of all attachments, sort of like a, in, in a sense, the Zen Buddhism type of thinking. Like we remove all attachments, mm-hmm. and we are, are we are in our being of we are just being. That's it. And that seems like hunky dory to me. Like if we're just being, it's a great place to be, with the acknowledgement that all this negative stuff is happening all around us and bombarding us. But if we continue to maintain a sense of being. I think that's where that uh, the crisis uh, is no longer a crisis. We look at it like this is happening because I need to look at things differently, or this is happening because a lot of people don't believe that either, Maya. They like love to blame when things go wrong. They have to point fingers. But what I believe, I, what I truly believe, and it's a positive belief, is that everything happens for a reason around us by accident, we have to all learn. We have to all shift. We have to all perceive. We're not at a, like I look at life as like these series of 
platforms where we, we are constantly graduating to another level. We go to college, we go to school, we go to high school, we go to college, we go to um, grad school, we go on for a PhD. We're, we're constantly educating ourselves. But I was told sometime somewhere I found, I heard this, that the more we know, the more I know, the less I understand. And that's that sense of being. So when you're all the way at the top and you've got all this knowledge, what, what happens next? Like the only place to go is within. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. so, so then you take all that knowledge and you throw it all away just so that you can be. And, uh, you know, I feel like every day of my life is lived that way. Like I, I ground myself in the sense of being and I move forward from that. And, I con- and I'm constantly moving forward. And um, I'm forming as I go along. And it took a long time for me to get there. It's just like a muscle. You have to build it constantly thinking, like shifting your way of thinking. Okay, that's a negative thought. That's a positive thought. Not everybody can be as, as conscious. You have to really be aware of your thoughts in order to make decisions for yourself and for others. And because your thoughts are powerful and all that stuff. What, yeah. When I listen to you, um, it, you know, it sounds as though like when you talk about just being, you're, mm-hmm. you're really sounding like you're talking a lot about being very present, um, mm-hmm. being, you know, sort of this whole trendy term of mindfulness <laughs> um, that we use yeah. here in the West. I mean, it's really about uh, just experiencing um, your life in the present moment. Now, when you, when you talk about everything happens for a reason, because I, I think sometimes there's, a, there's sort of a gut reaction or a knee-jerk reaction when people say that everything happens for a reason, and people say, well, yes. but I didn't, I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve to have you know, my house destroyed in an earthquake. I didn't deserve that. How can you say that things happen for a reason? But it's not necessarily the same thing. You're not necessarily saying that people deserve horrible, sort of unexpected no. things that might happen, right? No, 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 absolutely not. And it's, you know, individually, um, things happen to us. And I say, oh, you know, oh, my God, I tripped and fell. Sometimes I get a little out of control. Oh, I tripped. That means I'm having a difficult time moving forward in something in my life. Or, you know, Louise Hay is a she, I'm a huge fan of Louise Hay and she believes you know in her teachings that you know our physical being is a result of our mental thoughts our mental state um, and so you know if things happen to us we break an arm we get a headache you know it's like oh you know it's, it's a react it's an a reaction to something that has either uh, been uh, you know, in our, in our, believe it or not, and this is how I feel, I mean, a lot of people argue with this, but, you know, it's something that can, it's a result of something that happened in our mind, okay? Things in front of us didn't just materialize just by themselves, you know. Someone had to think about it to create it, right? Anything physical in the man-made, in the man-made world is there because man or woman created it from a thought, First, it started out as a thought, which was energy, and the energy then had to be in place. The energies came together and said, okay, this is paper. Okay, that's metal, and what can we do with that? And we go, oh, we can make this. Oh, wow, we have a, now we have a world of electronics, right? And it's like I think I'm going to say that 
it, it, everything happens because our minds create it, and that's where everything happens for a reason. Now, it could be singular, like myself. I'm creating something in my, with me and my, like in my own personal world. But then there's the collective thought, which is where you have a group of people who are brought together thinking the same thing, and this is where it can be, uh, I don't want this to be sounding like a, uh, a church or a religious type of thing, but it's very similar. That's where it all came from, is that people gather together to think the same, to create something. And it's usually a positive thing, you know, if it's in, um, in positive terms, helping people get through certain things, crisis, for example. The church comes together and they help people, right? But collectively, if you have an, a group or an organization, and there's many, they all have that one common denominator, and it's what they push forward. And they have that faith that whatever it is that they believe in in that group is going to happen. And that's what I mean by um, everything happens for a reason. So you, have, you can have opposing groups. One group says we go left. One group says we go right. Nothing's going to happen. Sometimes you wonder, why isn't anything happening? We're doing all this work. Well, it's because you've got opposing energies doing completely different things and nothing will happen because neutrality happens. Neutral happens when, uh, when you have one plus, one plus a negative one equals zero, right? So everything does happen for some reason, and it's, it's, always, it's very difficult to convince somebody who doesn't believe that otherwise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know if I'm really explaining it enough, but... Um, you know, why is it, you know, a lot of people attach, attach beliefs to, um, like, oh, I, I broke my leg. Um, I can't walk anymore. Well, what happens when I stop, when I'm in a cast and I'm in a, in a chair and I can't do the things that I'm so used to doing? I stop, I slow down, I look at my life, I get a different perspective, I look up at the ceiling... I look at people differently. I, I have to let go of my own control of my life and allow other people to help me take care of my And that's maybe something that they needed to learn to do. So mm. there's a learning curve, a learning lesson with everything that happens in our life. But we have to be aware of it and conscious of it. It sounds like what you're saying is that um... – not only perhaps do things happen for a reason, but no matter what happens, what kind of crisis, it also brings with it opportunities. Oh, yeah. Um, opportunities Absolutely. for learning or opportunities for seeing things in another way. And I want to talk a mm-hmm. little bit about that because, you know, I, uh, the, the uh, point of the show was partly to sort of explore this idea of faith, but I also want to talk about it more concretely you know, how can, why is this a good thing? How can faith actually help somebody who is perhaps going through a crisis? And I don't know if you maybe have an example from your own experience or from experiences that you've seen or heard about of when having faith perhaps helped somebody move forward. Um, and that's, that's, the, that's the part that, you know, where trust and faith 
you know, are hand in hand because um, when you put trust into someone else, then you you have you become um, vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't want to be vulnerable. Um, but yeah, I've got it really. You know, there there's there's a lot of times where I people I've give I've wanted to give up, or or friends of mine or people I know in in business and in personal relationships have have wanted to give up, and it's it's not it's 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 the it's the not giving up part that that you have to hold on to and and what does that look like and what does that look like not giving up just without any doubt without any doubt like if any negative thought comes into the picture you you know sort of whisk it away and and say it's just not going to serve me this is not serving me so when you're the example of this experience and other people watch you or see you they say I don't know how she does it I don't know how that person over there does that they're always always getting they always have a smile on their face but look their life is falling apart around them what's that all about <laughs> <laughs> so it, it doesn't make it makes sense to me that um with your with an example one can follow, then they can trust and hold on to that and sort of work with you. So yeah, there's been times where I just wanted to throw throw things up in the air, throw throw in the towel. Um, and and friends of mine have felt that way. I've been in business actually. Um, in 2004, I'm sorry, 2001, um, I had started a business. And uh, it was a swimwear company, another one of those things that I've done in my life. And <laughs> I, designed, I designed an entire line of swimwear. It was, it was amazing. It was beautiful. I had a partner. We all, you know, it was like a good mix. <clears throat> Something happened where um, 9-11 came in <laughs> mm. <clears throat> and sort of shook up the entire organization because we had this beautiful model where our swimwear was being manufactured in Italy with family, and we were going to bridge the American and the European markets with our, our beautiful fabrics and bring them over to, uh, to America uh, as an American designer, American-Italian. So, um, and so because of 9-11, it shook the entire industry, and I, and I said, no. I just kept going. I put it in front of different people. I kept going and going and going, and I didn't stop because of what happened, although there's so much chaos around, right? And I was so confused at the time. I didn't know whether to give up, throw it in, say this is never going to work. Couldn't possibly. This couldn't possibly work because now we're dealing with uh, traveling back and forth to Europe and um, I'll never forget it. It was like in March, I get a call from Sports Illustrated saying that they were going to accept one of our swimsuits for the swimsuit issue. And I was like, 
oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that if I had stopped, this would not have happened. So that was like a testament to my faith and, and what I was doing that meant something. It really meant that I could continue against all what was surrounding me and continue on. And people saw that around me, like, how is it that you're able to function? Everybody else is, in, you know, and I luckily, got, thank, thank you. I, had, I, I didn't lose anybody. I didn't, uh, nobody I know was hurt. Uh, but I sit, but I was empathetic, and I, and I could see that there was so much around me that, um, that people were learning from. Now, that's a, those big crises was a learning experience um, for everyone. So um, you just don't give up. You can't. You can't give up. You can't. And, and you can't allow your mind to, to start creating uh, fears that um, prevent you from actually moving forward. Because fear is, paralyzes you. Absolutely. It sets you straight and you can't move. It's like having your feet in the mud. That's fear. <laughs> Uh, so true, so true. Um, and there's some interesting things that you you bring up in that example. What a great example! Um, the fact that you know, then you got this call from Sports Illustrated. It kind of it must have kind of confirmed for you that having faith that things would work out and staying true was worth it. Um, and so the next time, perhaps that there was, a, you know, a crisis or a, an obstacle in your life, that memory has to have remained with you. That okay, I just gotta have faith because it will work out because it has in the past. Um, right. But, but sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, so, mm-hmm. the, we need to be, you know, realistic as well. Sometimes there are huge obstacles in front of us um, that really kind of you know, are hugely challenging and perhaps what we wanted doesn't work out. So how does faith help us in those moments when there's an enormous obstacle? Um, I don't know, the funding for something completely falls through repeatedly and everything's just sort of falling apart. I don't want, I don't want to negate that there are real difficult, painful obstacles for people in their lives. So how does faith help us in those moments? Um, Well, I guess like faith, I guess I'm looking at, I'm looking at it like options. There's options, right? So um, Mm. when something, when something isn't working out, um, and you continue. Oh, oh, this is a good example. Here we go. I'm gonna try to hold, hold, try to reel me in with this one, Maya. Because <laughs> I may, I may go off. Um, one day, I was asking my son. My son's a college, is in college, and about a, a year ago, I asked him, "So, Christian, what is the meaning of life?" And he said, he gets this piece of chalk out, and I have a wall in my kitchen that has this black chalk uh, board. And he writes this mathematical equation up. I'm like, he goes, that, Mom, is the answer to everything in life, right there. <laughs> I said, hey, how old are you? It's funny. I, I don't understand. I'm like, could you explain this to me? And he says, Ma, everything in life is a mathematical equation. And he goes, if you look around, everything is math. You look at the trees, you look at the ground, you can always set it to some mathematical uh, equation. And there's 
usually a solution to a mathematical equation. And people are math, are, math, are equations within themselves that when you put them together, they can equal something on, on different levels, right? So you've got tens of thousands of people with different mathematical equations that, you know, hopefully somewhere in there, they're all very similar and they all equal, they will equal something. And sometimes they don't equal something. Sometimes there's no solution to the problem. So you all that there is a solution always, right? And when you get mm-hmm. a group of people together and it's a big problem that needs to be solved, there's, like I said earlier, there's, like, there's always these opposing forces, right? There's always that positive and negative that entering into the equation. There's an E equals MC and also X plus Y times and divided by derivatives and all these things, right? All these things are happening all around us. And if you put that into perspective like it is in terms of people, then there is always a solution. Already the people all think or have a very similar equation. It's only when there's no solution that something has to be worked out longer, takes longer to figure out, and takes, uh, you know, different people come, different people go, different energies fly in or come in, uh, different countries or different areas and uh, uh, different, uh, I don't want to call them religions because just groups come together. And that's the, you know, there's the United Nations right there. There's a massive mathematical equation of the world is happening. And we, how do you solve all the problems? And, um, you know, it's like a wheel that turns, right? Like, how do you, how do you get to the answer if everybody's got a different solution? Um, so that's complicated. Solving the world's crisis, solving a crisis or solving a, having faith sometimes has nothing to do with, with solving the problem. Is that, is that like a contradictory? Is that just contradictory myself? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. If, if, I, can, uh, so, if I can sort of yeah. tran- translate what you're saying, and you, you certainly seem to have a very neat kid. <laughs> Um, it, it that's sounds, my son in a nutshell. <laughs> it sounds, and he comes from his mama for sure. Um, it, it sounds as though, you know, so there can be an obstacle in front of us. Let's say this obstacle is like a great big boulder. Um, and we sort of see just this great big boulder in front of us. It's an obstacle to whatever we were hoping was going to happen. And we keep running at it and we're just smashing our heads or getting scratched up. Um, but that perhaps, <laughs> perhaps the equation, like having faith is perhaps um, being open to, as you had said earlier, that there are options and possibilities and learning and that perhaps the solution to the equation is to turn the other way around this boulder or to uh, find someone who's got a ladder who we're going to use to climb over the boulder, but that there, there's always a way around, or as your son would say, there's always a solution to the equation. um, But perhaps you need to sort of find the pieces of, of the right equation. Exactly. 
but there's That's always right. a way to sort of move forward. Uh, but is. moving always forward is maybe not always what we thought it was. Yes. Yes. It's like we have to come up with a new, you know, this new world or this new, I don't want to say it, like a new definition maybe that applies. Like, like faith is applied to a lot of people. Faith is religion. Faith is all about, uh, and and that's how they solve their problems through this way of thinking. But faith is, um, you know, finding an option that works for the for the majority, or finding finding a solution that works for that person or the group or the larger the larger communities. And the, it's a, a difficult uh, finesse. It's a, it's Mm-hmm. Options are in front of us always, and knowledge helps us understand more and more of these options. I'm not a neuro I'm not a neuroscientist, but I I am I have an understanding that when you learn a new language, uh, or you learn a different way, of, you go traveling and you see a different culture, you're opening up options for yourself. I was pretty sheltered growing up. I had a, I lived in a small town my whole life and when I went to college and I, I mean we're teeny a tiny teeny tiny town like 2,000 people when I went to college and I was in New York City I was like amazed at how many people there were in the world <laughs> <laughs> and I got I really felt like after a year I got swallowed up and I really had no effect like where I really did. I found myself at odds with this giant world, and you know, and there was more of it. Like that was the city of New York. And when it was only until I started traveling and started seeing more and more that I say, "Wow, this other way of thinking isn't really working for me." You know, this, that that was just the way they did it. Uh, I like the way these people do it over there. <laughs> So the options have to be in front of you. And it comes back and, to what you said right at the beginning about um, just being open and comfortable with the unknown, right? When, you, when you're comfortable with the unknown, all of a sudden, all of these options become um, visible uh, or these possibilities can become visible or this learning becomes visible. But as long as we're sort of feeling this need to be in control and things can only be a certain way and, um, you know, we're scared of the unknown, we limit ourselves. We're almost our own worst enemy. Right. And that's part of like, I, I used to surround myself with people who are so like stuck in the mud, you know, like why am I always like connected to these people? Or like, constantly like uphill battle like oh everything has to be hard I'm like I just and they look at me like you can't do it that way you can't do it that way that's not that's not going to work that way you and I, I'm like you know what try to catch me if you can you know I'm the gingerbread <laughs> I was like I I was I would become anything in my mind just so that I didn't have to deal with their difficulties right? so you know I would say here, try to grab this, you know. This is the wind, okay? Try grabbing the wind. Oh, wait, there's that light, there's that beautiful rainbow. Try to hold on to that one over there. Yeah, you can do that, can't you? So 
it was really, it's when you decide that you want to surround yourself with like-minded people and create a world for yourself that is proactive and pro-positive uh, um, and outward and you want to just have fun and enjoy life and work is going to be there and it might be difficult and there'll be challenges but if you can't, if I if I keep my mindset on that you know this intangible thing like I, I will always be striving to 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 do the best I, cost, I possibly can there'll be no there's no battle I'm my mm-hmm. own obstacle I am my own obstacle and people have to get out of their own way generally so true. And you know what I find really interesting about you is that, you know, you, I, I listen to you say that, and I think some people's reaction might be, well, that's, you know, that's just crazy. You can't, you know, you can't just do whatever you want. You can't accomplish anything that you want. Uh, it's impossible. Mm. And yet you have demonstrated that it's true. <laughs> um, and that's what I think is, you know, what, partly why I wanted to have this conversation with you is that I, I think you you truly live what you're saying in terms of having faith that things will work out, realizing that there will be obstacles, but having faith that you yourself will be okay uh, and that it will open up possibilities and options um, and that life will continue to move forward and flourish as a result. And your, your life path so far has shown that to be true, which mm-hmm. is what I think is so beautiful. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we are slowly running out of time. And on that note of uh, flourishing and, and there being beautiful options, I'm curious, what's coming up next for you? What are the, the <laughs> projects that you are sort of moving towards these days? Well, thank you for uh, introducing the Healing Headbands Project in the beginning of the show, Maya, because that's really a focus that uh, I've been working on with Barbara Grafstein. Uh, I think she was, you had interviewed Barbara a while ago as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and the Healing Headbands Project is, is like the most beautiful um, project uh, I could ever uh, or we could ever ex- uh, want for, the, for not just ourselves individually, but for the entire world. I mean, the the healing headbands, it's just, it's symbolic. It's very symbolic. It's, it's that whole, um, we can help those with illness feel better and, and with this headband. And how is that happening? We're sharing laughter. We're sharing art, we're combining the two, and we're creating something that people can actually wear. Um, so we like to say you can wear your happiness, right? So <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It's like every morning we got dressed and we didn't see like, Gucci and all the name brands and polo and you know and we saw happiness you know <laughs> I've created this wonderful clothing line called happiness and every time I get dressed in the morning I'm going to put this on and feel really good about it and imagine if it came from you and you made it and that was a wonderful thing through your expression of the moment which is through art and laughter it's like an amazing thing so we want to take that and bring it out there and, and give it to everyone because everyone's healing and the world is healing. In fact, what's really um, amazing is the other day, the day after the election, or the, a couple of days after the election, um, um, Donald Trump was going to the White House to have a conversation with Obama and the First Lady. Uh, and what they were going to talk about? Healing the world. And 
what does that mean for healing headbands? Well, we are a global organization, and we plan on putting it out there as far and wide as we can, bring it to as many people as possible so that we can help uh, those heal um, from whatever ails them. It could be a headache. It could be uh, your, your local politician. <laughs> it could be and, you know, and the politician goes, Vanek, I mean, it's like, really, you have to, like, look at it in a big picture. Like, how, and that kind of brings everybody to that same playing field, you know. We're all healing mm-hmm. from something. So, so we're bringing true. it, so, I, so, yeah. I, I, what I like about it is that it really is sort of wearable love. Um, and oh, isn't yeah. that isn't that what we all need right now? Because you're yes. right, we are all healing from something. And Joan, if someone wanted to learn more about healing headbands, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can go to our website, which is healing, www.healingheadbands.com. Um, they can also, our Barbara Grafstein and my, my information are both on that website. Go into the About area and find us there. Um, at, we are on Instagram. Healing headbands. You just all you have to do is just Google healing headbands, and everything comes up with us. Um, there's also some other wonderful organizations out there that uh, apply healing to wearable clothes. Um, there's a little different. We have a very unique program, so we like to say um, that you can find it anywhere on the internet today. And super. And I'm going to make sure. Yeah that I include uh, your uh, web information in the notes for this show so people can certainly mm-hmm. click and learn more about um, how to heal through your beautiful, wearable love. Joan, I want to thank mm. you so much. You know, I started this show by saying I had invited you on because I was looking for someone to lift my heavy heart. And as I knew you would, you have certainly done that, and I'm sure for many of our listeners as well. And so I want to thank you for taking the time this morning mm. to join me. Thank you, Maya. It's been great. You take care and have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you, Maya. You too. Enjoy this beautiful day and keep smiling and laughing because you're such a light. You really are. You're a beacon. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. That was Joan Acola, certainly renewing my faith that things are going to be fine. Next week, join me as I share a conversation about prioritizing the humanity in healthcare with Duena Covey, Director of the Center for Learning and Professional Development Operations at Dartmouth-Hitchcock Health. Until then, as hard as it might be at times, may we all keep our faith in the good of humanity. Faith is like Wi-Fi. It's invisible but has a way of connecting you with what you need. This is Maya, and I am...
got my day job, but I feel so free. 